This is the sound of turning ideas into software. This is the sound of engineering and passion. Work. Work more. Work harder. Experiment. Build. Break. And build again. Write code. Improve it. Job done. Celebrate. Insurance. Finance. Retail. Defense. Robotics. Energy. Amethyx. Welcome back to another episode of Data Science at Home podcast. I'm Francesco, podcasting from the Nook office, which is a working space in the center of Brussels in Belgium. And of course, if you are in the neighborhood, you are always welcome to drop by, grab a coffee. It's free of charge, of course, so that we can speak about data science, machine learning, artificial intelligence, robotics, whatever. <laughs> you would be very, very welcome to uh, join us. So in this episode, I would like to speak about robotics and in particular robotic application development, which is a very trendy uh, these days um, and still very difficult. Now, I remember when I was a student at university, I did robotics, I studied artificial intelligence and actually graduated in artificial intelligence and robotics a long time ago, unfortunately. And since then, uh, the you know typical workflows haven't changed that much, which is quite concerning because you know technology has evolved and for the better. And so my question is why uh, many of the let's say clunky and you know trial and error workflows that I was used to back in the days they're kind of still there. Um, and this is kind of you know goes across sectors. I've been operating several sectors when it comes to robotics and AI. And there are so-called invariants across sectors in the sense that things do not really change that much. Now, we all know that um, in the rapidly evolving world of robotics, developers constantly strive to create these innovative solutions that you know, push the boundaries of technology. But the complexity of robotics applications coupled with the diverse skill sets that are obviously required uh, pose a significant challenge still in 2024. And uh, my intuition is that this is kind of wrong. It shouldn't be. Uh, so roboticists must grapple with, for example, uh, coding complexities, uh, while at the same time ensuring uh, seamless integration of various components. And uh, in this context, I think, and this is my personal opinion, that the rise of low-code solutions Back in the days, it was kind of no code, but then we kind of reframed that into low code and explaining why. Um, they come as, in my opinion, as a much needed boon uh, for roboticists and uh, robotics application development. Um, I think that, and I'm biased when I say this because I'm building a company around exactly that concept, <laughs> uh, which is a low code base based platform to build robotic applications. Uh, and so in this episode, I will do hopefully a decent job to explain you why uh, low-code solutions are actually important and actually essential for robotics developers. And uh, I would also like to discuss three significant benefits that low-code solutions uh, might offer uh, to, let's say, overcome the challenges that the typical roboticist has. The very first benefit is, um, you know, bridging the coding gap um, in the sense that roboticists who embrace low-code solutions are supposed to be also more efficient in the way they work because, uh, you know, roboticists are brilliant minds. They are experts at designing, building, and fine-tuning robotic systems. 
that address even very complex tasks. But, you know, when it comes to coding, uh, that's more like kind of an art that is left to, uh, you know, individuals who have been doing that for their life. Uh, and so it's quite rare to see, and this is kind of best of my experience, uh, to see roboticists who can actually also code for, you know, professional environments or commercial environments or extremely critical environments. Of course, there are people who can do both, uh, and these are usually called rock stars. <laughs> but fortunately, rock stars are rare, which means that we can appreciate them <laughs> as all rare things. Now, the typical roboticist might have a, let's say, basic understanding of programming, um, also creating algorithms in general, and just make the thing work. But creating complex algorithms that are also scalable, um, that can be maintained easily, um, clean code, amazing code base, you know, these are things that are typical of professional software developers. And it is well known that, you know, the typical roboticist is not a professional software developer, at least not uh, on average. So low-code solutions provide this, you know, user-friendly interface that empowers roboticists, but also, you know, people who don't know much about robotics or much about programming in general, to visually design and configure their robotics applications. And uh, this happens because they can abstract the, let's say, underlying code. Uh, and these tools usually make development accessible to much broader audiences. We call it democratization of building robotics applications or democratization of robotics, as we have seen democratization in many aspects of uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning. You know, what we needed to do, uh, let's say, 10 years ago, uh, was much lower level than what we need to do now because the tools that we have at our disposal today are much more you know sophisticated and they can hide a lot of complexity that we don't need to uh, of course deal with on a daily basis at least we definitely have to know what it is about but we no longer have to master that because you know someone else did that for us and there is a tool that does exactly that now uh, i'm not saying that you don't have to study the theory I would never say that, actually. But I'm saying that you can definitely concentrate to your business or to the actual application that you are building. And then, of course, if you have intuition or if you have, you know, the will to learn outside of the, uh, would call it 9 to 5, even though there is no 9 to 5 here. But you know what I mean. Uh, extending your knowledge, of course, it's something that you can do anyway. Now, uh, the second benefit uh, of low-code solutions is uh, having a holistic approach. And, uh, you know, this is also very important for me because it allows people to handle an, an amount of complexity uh, and also taking care of integration in a much more seamless way. So robotics applications are incredibly diverse, okay? And they usually involve multiple components at different levels of the stack, from computer vision, perception, planning, then controllers, sensors, hardware integration. Each aspect requires careful attention and precise coordination. So these are, can be actually, you know, beast monster applications that are very diverse. There is a lot going on there. Now, traditional coding methods can lead to fragmented and disjointed systems that make integration 
cumbersome to say the least, but definitely time consuming. I've seen many of my clients, even in the past, dealing with integration issues that were more costly than the project itself. So, you know, uh, many have fallen in that trap of uh, spending a lot of money and resources, not just money, but also time, especially time, uh, dealing with integration issues due to that incapacity to tackle with complexity. Now, low-code solutions offer this uh, holistic approach to robotics development because such platforms typically feature pre-built modules and uh, integration capabilities that simplify the process of combining various components in a kind of a mix-and-match behavior. Uh, So roboticists can, uh, let's say, connect different functionalities, as I said, mix and match them in the same Uh, graph or bunch of nodes or whatever skill or capability they are building, and they make sure that each part of the application communicates effectively with all the other modules and sub-modules. Okay, and so this, um, you know, as a consequence, it streamlines the development process and reduces the likelihood of uh, compatibility issues and, you know, saving also a ton of time and effort when, uh, you know, things need to work from beginning to end, so-called end-to-end execution. The third and last benefit, even though I can continue speaking for another couple of hours when it comes to the benefits of um, uh, of low-code solutions, uh, is real-world adaptability. And, um, you know, the low-code solutions actually emphasizes a type of development which is trial and error. Many scenarios in robotics necessitate so-called trial and error development due to unpredictable dynamic nature of the experiment uh, and also of the vehicles you know the you can have drones ground vehicles marine you can have fixed wings you can have quadcopter helicopter and so real world challenges uh, usually arise uh, and they cannot be entirely simulated in controlled environments Uh, and so in order to succeed in such scenarios developers need the ability to iterate rapidly and make on the fly adjustments and so low code solutions allow you know to do exactly that because they provide a crucial advantage exactly in these situations you know the visual interface enables roboticists to modify and test different configurations quickly. They can make adjustments, observe outcomes, and fine-tune the application directly you know, in, a, in a visual way, in a graphical way, without delving into complex code changes, recompilation, and all that stuff, right? So this is a very powerful, let's say, feature and also extreme flexibility that allows developers to respond to challenges in real time or very near to real time, enhancing adaptability and problem-solving capabilities. For the very first time, Arctic Wolf, the industry leader in managed security operations, is offering you access to the most forward-thinking ideas from their most knowledgeable experts. Discover the top 2024 predictions developed by Arctic Wolf Labs, their team of elite security researchers, data scientists, and security engineers. Derived from the intelligence and insights gained from trillions of weekly observations within thousands of unique environments, these predictions trace the development of several trends based on their earlier, simpler iterations and anticipate which ones are poised to take significant steps forward in the coming months. Learn what the new year holds for Ransomware as a Service, Active Directory, Artificial Intelligence and more when you download the 2024 Arctic Wolf Labs Predictions Report today at arcticwolf.com forward slash data science. That's arcticwolf.com 
forward slash data science. But you will also find the link in the show notes of this episode at datascienceathome.com. In many instances, the low-code paradigm is substituted with alternative solutions that are reliant on code authored by others. And this is, you know, commonly occurring in the context of technical solutions that nowadays utilize ROS and or uh, Docker containers. Um, ROS, by the way, is uh, it stands for Robot Operating System or Robotic Operating System, whatever. In the rest of this episode, I would like to elaborate a bit more on the challenges that are usually associated with these very two technologies, which is ROS and Docker. Now, ROS uh, is kind of the, I'm, I could say the de facto standard, though it is not really a standard, uh, thankfully. Uh, it's, uh, it stands for robotic operating system. Even though it is not an operating system, it's, in fact, it needs an operating system to run, and uh, a very specific one. It needs a particular version of Ubuntu to, to run. And if you don't provide that, you know, version, you are kind of, you know, screwed. Um, it is very popular and widely used framework for robotics development. It has, in my opinion, a lot of drawbacks. So the very first thing is that uh, it's quite difficult to learn, especially for new robotic, uh, roboticists. Uh, and that's kind of the most significant challenge for uh, newcomers, um, you know, the steep learning curve associated with ROS. Um, it's a framework that involves a considerable number of concepts, nodes, topics, messages, these things can be quite overwhelming, especially for developers who are, let's say, new to the field of robotics or have limited experience with complex software systems. Um, there is, of course, a lot of documentation. Also, the community um, provides supports. It helps a lot, but it still requires substantial time and effort to become, you know, proficient in ROS development. That's kind of the... Uh, it's not an entry-level thing, that's for sure. The second thing, the second drawback is all about real-time performance issues. ROS was not initially designed for real-time applications. It can, of course, handle many robotics tasks effectively, but it may not be suitable for systems that demand uh, hard real-time capabilities or constraints, for example, high-speed control or safety-critical applications. Uh, while ROS2 has made some improvements in that area, uh, still, real-time performance remains a concern in uh, many, many applications. Another thing is that ROS can be resource intensive, especially in terms of memory usage and processing power. Uh, when you run multiple nodes and if you need to maintain communication between all these nodes, you know, that can consume significant system resources, which may not be ideal for resource constrained robotics uh, platform, and which is kind of, you know, the rule <laughs> rather than the exception. Uh, don't expect to find a massive computer or companion computer aboard a, a, a moving vehicle or a robot, um, because guess what? You have a, a very strong limitation on the battery lifetime, and so you cannot bring all the power that you're usually uh, dealing with when you have, you know, desktop application or this super fancy GPU or even more than one. Probably the most annoying one is compatibility, uh, because ROS has undergone several versions, uh, I think too many, and uh, with each release, there can be compatibility issues between different packages or components, even though it has been produced by the same consortium, I think. 
Um, so upgrading from one version to another can sometimes lead to unexpected challenges, especially when dealing with the third-party libraries and custom-built packages. And last but not least, security concerns. Rust was initially designed for research and development purposes, not with a strong emphasis on security, especially when it comes to low-level security. Don't forget that Rust is based on C++, and as we have said many times even on this uh, show, uh, we kind of are taking a distance from C++ these days, or probably these years, and uh, turning everything uh, towards Rust, which is, of course, a language that can guarantee a lot of the safety um, constraint that we need for low-level security um, when it comes to software security, of course. Um, now, as robots become more integrated into real-world applications and industrial environments, security also becomes a crucial concern. And, you know, there have been efforts to improve ROS security, but it still remains a challenge to ensure robust protection against potential vulnerabilities. Um, and also, nothing would prevent you from, you know, integrating one node that is, of course, built in C, C++, and therefore have all the nasty low-level memory violations and bugs that you don't want to have in your robot, especially when it comes to moving vehicles or vehicles that are dealing with, uh, uh, you know, operating in, hum in environments where there are humans. And of course, safety there, it's not just software safety, but it's also physical safety. So you really want to know what you're doing. Now, why I'm saying all this is because there is new, the new kid in the room here is Intrepid AI, which is my uh, next venture. And as I said at the beginning of the episode, I will be biased about this very episode because I uh, am, of course, involved with Intrepid AI, uh, which is indeed a low-code platform to build and speed up robotics application development. So to build, in fact, robotics applications in a fraction of the time than you are used to do with the traditional tools and methods. So yeah, to conclude, the integration of low-code solutions in the field of robotics is definitely a game changer. And by alleviating the burden of coding complexity, offering seamless integration, enabling trial and error development, these tools empower roboticists to focus on innovation and creativity. Low-code solutions are meant to democratize robotics development, making it accessible to a much broader range of talent and, of course, accelerating progress in the field. As we embrace the future of robotics, low-code solutions undoubtedly stand as a necessary and transformative component in the quest to push the boundaries of technological innovation. So just point the browser to intrepid.ai and get in touch. See you soon.